0: Welcome to OKHR Leads, hosted by Tara Crowley and Rob Trotter. I'm Tara Crowley, and my current role is OKHR Certification Chair, and Rob Trotter is Sooner HR's President and on the OKHR's board. We are connecting with HR leaders in our community and hearing their story and what makes them tick. Hi, Rob.
1: Tara, how are you doing today?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: I, I'm good. I'm I'm eating oranges right now, and I'm kind of mad at myself because I always save the, the more nastier snacks. Not that oranges are nasty, but I always eat the better snacks in the morning. Like this morning, I had that trail mix with uh, the M&Ms, and I picked all the M&Ms out, and then right. I had yogurt with those little candy toppings, and I picked the candy toppings off. So I always treat myself in the morning, and then I'm mad at myself for just having this other you know, more natural stuff later, but uh, I'm getting over it.
0: Well, thank goodness that um, you've gotten to the oranges.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: It'll give you brain power so that we can have a great conversation with our guest.
1: Right, right. So you know, we might... have a
0: guest waiting.
1: Who Who is our guest today that we need this wonderful brain power for?
0: Holy moly. We have Joy Michelle Killingsworth. Do you know her? I know her. Do you know her?
1: Do I know Joy McHill, Michelle Killingsworth? I do know her. The first I remember seeing her at a meeting and I was like, who is this? Just vision of passion and excitement and energy and right. knowledge. So, yes. And I,
0: presence. I, presence. <laughs> she presence. has presence.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So, before we get into chatting with Miss Joy, um, let me tell you a little bit about her. Joy is the HR leader of leaders. So, Ms. Killingsworth has directed HR and businesses as a key player. Her HR volunteering has been an integral role in her world for at least the past 12 years. Joy has also served on Oklahoma City's HR board and directed OKHR's board as the state director, district director, and as member at large. And currently, currently, so, listing all of these things, currently she's the Oklahoma HR's membership chair. She's also served on two separate occasions as Oklahoma HR state conference um, chair, first in 2009 and then also in 2013, and then also in 2018. So we didn't even have that one listed. Um, this lady lives and breathes HR, volunteering and sharing, so much so that as an accolade, um, she has a leadership, volunteer leadership award named after her and her husband. It's the Joy and Kyle Killingsworth Volunteer Leader of the Year. And um, that was awarded to her at, um, the name was awarded to her in 2019? 18. Is that right? 2018. 2018. Holy cow, the volunteer leadership summit. So welcome, 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 Miss Joy Michelle Killingsworth. Welcome. So amazing intro. <laughs> well yeah, you sum it up like that, Tara. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Tara, for having me. And uh yeah, that is sounds like quite the hr experience there yeah so. so can we walk in front of you anywhere you go and say here's flowers as she's walking down the way and and did you know that there is a a a leadership title that's attached to her so we we can do that for you HR yes you should
1: yeah. <laughs> I just so love, to have that.
0: I love to have that kind of intro in. So uh, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for your high energy and the um, update on Rob's afternoon snacks. I know an orange <laughs> always frustrates me when I eat them because I get it on my hands. That's and, right. that's they're why sticky. and they're kind of sticky. So I, I understand your frustrations there. I'm excited to be here on OKHR Leads podcast. And um, this is the first for me to, to do this face to face on a Zooms call if you will. So, excited to be, excited to say it's my first. So, um, thank you for having me. Excited for the opportunity. Well, it's inaugural. So, I'm sure there will be many more for you. So, whenever we get started off, we want to hear about you. I mean, we talked about these accolades about you, but why don't you tell us about your background so people can get to know who you are and what you've done so far in your career. But all of that ties together. So, Give us your story. Sure. Um, You know, I started my HR. I actually started in college as a speech pathologist major and went for a job interview at a bank. And the recruiter had asked, What other questions do you have for me? And I was, What do you do? What is this? And she's like, Well, it's called Human Resources. There's a degree in it. And went to UCO and took one class on it. And it was a game changer and changed my major. And that how I landed in the world of human resources or otherwise I'd be more in the world of speech pathology. And so I feel really blessed that I made that decision and sat in that interview and um, that recruiter kind of changed my life at that bank. So grateful for that opportunity. I had my first opportunity in the corporate type environment um, as an internship with an internship program at a car dealership and worked there for um, about eight months for that um, opportunity, and they ended up hiring me out of college. It was right around the time of 9-11, um, and the economy was pretty tight, so they called me back that fall, and I worked there for about another five years and got an opportunity to kind of come in HR a little bit different than most HR professionals because I started out as um, a generalist, so I got to kind of dip my toe in several areas the areas of the HR functions from a specialist standpoint and decided really quickly where I need to engage um, subject matter experts in areas that I was not real fond of or didn't really excel in as it comes to HR. So a little bit different um, onboarding experience from an H- compared to most HR professionals. Um, from there, I went to more of a private equity group, and it was very fast-paced. I really hit my stride there because um, the private equity group, as most of you know, they changed Uh, direction on a dime and coming up with strategies and solutions to help meet those expectations was very exciting to me. Um, And then partnering with the business side and showing the value that HR can bring to the operations, um, really, I really um, thrived in that environment and decided that in my long term career, I'd want to be a part of a business that really wanted to partner with HR versus these are the black and white areas we're going to be in and we're not going to really think outside the box. So, you know, you always hear that from the operation side that people don't appreciate when HR professionals don't allow them to run kind of fast or slow as they want, giving them options and opportunities and partnering more as a consultant and a business partner than the no, the no department. <clears throat> so um, I, from there went um, to Century Martial Arts and was their HR director. It was kind of the next logical step in my career to be, go from an assistant manager, um, a VP to a director and um, was at Century for about seven years um, and oversaw their HR department, made lots of exciting changes um, and had a lot of opportunity to build great rapport with the uh, functional areas of the operations side of the business. And then most recently, this last August, made a change into Bob Moore, Um, And they are just a slightly larger organization. It kind of was the next step in my in my career, Uh, multiple locations, it's been a very exciting opportunity, Um, very open to ideas and change and staying competitive in the market. Um, So that's from an HR professional, as you and Rob can um, probably both a contest too. it's really exciting to be part of an organization that wants to change and, and wants to partner with the hr department on making the organization a best the best place that it can be to work um, the reason why i'm so passionate about volunteering is because i got my start into hr being an intern someone invested something in me and i had no idea i could do any of those things someone just probably said hey, Joy, would you like to be over membership or would you like to come work the membership booth at an OCHRS meeting to meet people to get your next job job or network for your next job? And so it just kind of evolved and built from there. I never intended for it to work out that the last, I think probably since 2004 being a part of volunteers, so getting close to 20 years. um, And it seems like it's been about five years because I've made so many great HR professional friends along the way that I mean, they're, they're colleagues, but they're also friends at this point in my life. And Mm -hmm. just growing up with them and seeing the difference that they've made in my life, um, whether they know it or not, it's just been so rewarding. Um, I always say that I started off volunteering, thinking how I was going to help the chapter. But when I got in there, I really realized the chapter did so much more for me and the people that were in that. I couldn't have even put a price on that. So that's how I got here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in this seat today had um, someone not seen something in me and invested in me and given me these opportunities along the way. Oh, for sure. So you've, you've knocked on two things that I want to unpack. And, and really the first one, I'm probably just making a statement, but you made the, the, the note, the no department comment. And <laughs> I, and I'm going to take this back to an OKHR conference, it was 2014 OKHR conference and there was a a speaker, it was just an individual speaker, and she was over HR at the University of Arkansas. And she made the comment, we don't, she, she talked about, we found out we were the department of no. We don't want to be the department of no. And that has stuck with me. And you just used those words, so I'm like, yes, yes, I get it. Because it's like, no, we don't want to tell you no. I mean, yes, we are the regulatory, we you know, or legal, or whatever it is. We're in that lane. We yes, we can tell you maybe we shouldn't do that, but let's help you find a solution. That's ah, right. oh, you know, that's why I just get fired up about HR. I'm like, okay, yeah, this may not be the right way to go about it, but we can help you figure it out. And secondly, you talked about internship and that you, you went to someone something and they said, Hey, you know, can you volunteer and do this? We have people available to us. We just have to ask. Yes. We just have to ask. So if you are in a chapter and you know, yes, we, we say, Hey, hold up your hand. We want to know if you're interested, but if someone's in a leadership, just even taking a look around the room, And seeing who's sitting there, who comes all the time. Right. Who answers questions? You know, people, um, HR professionals say, how'd you get into this? What do I need to do? And I mean, I know it kind of sounds silly, but when we go back to -to face-to-face meetings or evolve to whatever it is, it's that person that's sitting at those meetings regularly that you strike up those conversations. And then that HR professional goes, you know what? I think I've met someone at this last meeting and they might have given me a small business card and just, you know, that's, that's pretty much how I got my opportunity. And there were two HR professionals, Melanie Thompson Stillinger being one of them that said, come help me. This was back when there was no cash pay and no online options. So, you know, I sat at the front desk and we always joke to this day, we called a number to get the RSVPs to find out how many attendees we were going to have at a meeting. It was that long ago that the RSVP process was on a phone. Yep. <laughs> so. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I, I have told people whenever they've said, Hey, I'm looking for a new job. What recommendation do you, do you have? And I say, go volunteer. Yeah. Whether it be at a state conference, at a local, hey, hey. like anything that you do, something in the community, you just never know who's out there uh, watching and waiting, and what their needs are now or two years from now. Yeah, yeah. Or go to Rob's. Um, um, oh my goodness, Toastmaster group with him. Meet people that way, even just in different businesses. Right. <laughs> yeah, all about networking. <laughs> It's always about networking. So what lights your fire? Um, You know, I love the opportunity to change something. I like to change something that might be a bit of a mess or maybe not even developed, not implemented, and to have the, um, the network to go to and kind of talk to our HR professionals to say, you know, this is the situation. I'm thinking this. You know, what else, what have you experienced? Um, and then coming back with a strategy and implementing and developing that, um, that really excites me. It also excites me in the aspect of, you know, finding those, building a team, whether it be your local board um, from an HR perspective or your, within your department or even tasks or focus committees within your organization and giving them initiatives um, On that strategy to run with because a lot of times some of that opportunity wouldn't be presented to them and we're not giving um, our direct reports our volunteers that opportunity to continue to grow themselves build that confidence to get ready for their next role. So That's very exciting to me specifically when it is a huge task that your team is like there is absolutely no way we can get this done. And six months later, they look back at this huge hill that we climbed and actually might be better stated as a mountain um, that we climbed (laughs) and came out the other side, just better organization, better department, uh, better chapter, better state conference, whatever it is, some of those initiatives that we have, and, and really just giving people that 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 passion and opportunity that they can run with, them, run with it and develop or see something in themselves that no one has ever seen before or had confidence in them. That I think is key in building a team and really driving an initiative to the finished goal line. Yeah, I mean, I have experience of seeing you implement something from the standpoint of whenever uh, you were the state director elect. So I came on board with as from the Sooner HR president role and went to volunteer leadership summer, summit. Now business meeting, and um, and you stepped into the role as the the district, the director, the state director, and you made the change of getting a um, what's the correct term of what Dina is the executive assistant, executive administrator. Uh, you know, I mean that was a game changer. Right. I mean, honestly, because that was a game changer. I mean, yes, it was a pay, it's a paid role. And it created some efficiencies. It, created, it creates consistency for the organization. So, you know, I, I've seen, I've witnessed you do that, create change. Yeah, and I think just looking beyond even that smaller create change by opening, by closing a door for some things, um, you know, Creates an opening somewhere else. So it created an opportunity, like you said, with continuity with Dina, but it also allowed for the state director to focus on state director things. There's so much more value add that any state director or leader can um, provide other than, you know, approving expense reports. There's not a lot of that, although it's necessary. (laughs) Not a lot of value. I mean, yeah. And as you guys both know, being uh, faithful volunteers yourself, there's only so much time in the day because we do have our day jobs. We do have our personal life. We have the volunteer that you want it to be the most rewarding time because of all things in life, time's the one thing we don't get back. And we want to make sure wherever we spend it, that it's we get the most bang for our buck with it. Um, not to use the old cliche, but, you know, nothing... Nothing is more disappointing from a volunteer level when they're like, I'm not getting much out of this because they're doing it for more than money. It's their passion. It's their drive. It's um, and we can't replicate what they're losing. And that's their time. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, what's your favorite tool in business that you use? You know, I've kind of struggled with this question. Um <laughs> 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 like there's so many, but you know quite honestly i, I it 's going to sound cheesy when I say it, but I think it 's really identifying talent and tapping into that talent um, mm-hmm. you know because you know tools from a software perspective, they only have so much bandwidth, um, and that 's as much as the tool can do. but when you invest in your people and really challenge them to push them to the next level there 's things out there we never they never even thought possible, but because they were led in the right way and they were provided the, the right tools to be successful in their role and tools can be software, training, um, you know, events, whatever the case may be. But they they pushed beyond the boundaries that we ever thought possible. You know, the, you referenced to the 2019 state conference that Diana Wall and I co-chaired together, and that was such a successful conference um, in so many ways. And I was just referencing to it today of Diana does a great job making sure the financial piece is in order. And the committee that was on board, you know, they all were, um, did an ex- I can't even tell you what kind of uh, job they did in their roles because it was just beyond my wildest dreams. And it was such a successful conference that when you put the right people in the right roles, it's, it's like you're not even working because they're just running with it all. Yeah. And I love Diana. I hope to have that she will be on here, but she's the reason that I volunteered uh, um, because I, or even came to um, the Sooner HR Chapter meetings. Um, So, because I knew her from prior career and prior things, and she, I was invited actually by Ricky DeFalco to come to a meeting. But then she was the one who said, hey, why don't you, she suggested my name for, in a leadership role with Sooner HR. And I'm so thankful for that because she has that vision of seeing people and, and what they can bring to the table. She, I mean, just amazing. I love that about her because she sees a lot, lots of potential in people and, you know, that maybe they don't believe in themselves yet. So, yeah. So I agree. You guys, I mean, we're, we can get on the Joy and Diana um, wonder wall page because they, because yeah, that, that conference, I mean, you, you raised the most money, uh, the amount of people who came and then there was such, there was fun in, in that one, not that the other ones aren't, but I'm just saying that there was a lot of fun. And, and I would say that mainly because I was involved in that conference as well, but it was a lot of fun and seeing it from the other side and raised the most money. I mean, Ricky DeFalco raised the most money from that foundation. Um, so, Awesome stuff. Yeah, we're in we're in the little your bracelet that was that. Yeah, there were so yeah. many things that were uh, started from the jewelry, the special jewelry that's there, mm-hmm. and then, you know we had the uh, new hire or or not new hire, the new orientation that we went through mm-hmm. from volunteers as well as first time attendees, and you yeah. know those things that we take for granted because it's our second or third time to do something, we forget the experience of what it's like for the newcomer and making sure that that they feel good about the decision they made about attending the OKHR State Conference.
1: Are you involved in helping plan for this year's OKHR Conference? Are you helping out at any level?
0: I'm helping out on the membership piece, um, and I know they've got a great conference planned. I have joked over the last year or so that this committee has been the longest tenured committee uh, because (laughs) of COVID, but I know they've done a fabulous job and have got a lot of great things in store for next week, next Thursday and Friday, the the OKHR State Conference. So um, I haven't been as involved on the actual planning piece because of my role as past director coming off this last year, but was up through the end of last year. Yeah. Yeah, so probably whenever we this is published, um, the conference will have occurred, but I am looking forward to it because this year it will be online. It will be very different, um, but I am excited because I do get to be involved with it from a, from a different standpoint. But, you know, bottom line, it's experience. We all get to go um, get something new, and because the conference is, so even if somebody listens to this later, um, because the conference is being recorded, There will be opportunities to still listen to each of those presentations until I think the end of the year, until the end of 2021. So, huge opportunity for people um, to get credits. Yeah, and I was. So, you get, you you want your credits if you're, have CERM CP or CERM SCP. And the way that's set up, Tara, great great marketing strategy. When I was reading the, the publication there, I was like, how can everyone get all of those credits? Because, you know, most yeah. of the time when we do a conference, you can only advertise as many credits as you could possibly get in that two-and-a-half-day period. Right. Because right. you have that opportunity, like, you could almost get certified during the conference time and then get all your CEUs for that by listening back. So yeah. there's just a great opportunity that you could potentially get half your credits by attending one conference and just listening to all the different great speakers that they have lined up. Yep, as, as you want. So yeah, as you want. So I know that that's a sidebar, and, and but maybe if people listen to this at a different time, they can come back and go listen to that. Um, you know, check back in and and uh, get some good good nuggets out of it and some credit. So yeah. Um, you know, with all of the different pathways in HR, you know, such as um, you could be in diversity and inclusion or compensation or general. So what what was your favorite part about um, your HR pathway? And then what surprised you the most in HR? I think... Um, what surprised me the most is being fresh out of college and going to work and me telling them that you couldn't necessarily do that because that wasn't legal and they were like, I don't really care what you say. Like it's like <laughs> in college they made it sound like they're gonna be like, oh, thank you for telling us. Thank you so much. That's not how it went. And down. they're not they're not sometimes. <laughs> they're not that way sometimes. So that was the most surprising kind of probably deer eyed deer in a headlights just like, What? You don't care that it's not legal? Well, uh so changing yeah. my changing my communication style, I think of you're right, right. we can do that um, but that's probably not deemed as best practice, and these this is the risk that goes along with making right. that choice right. um, and then here's some other options um, yeah. but you know since my kind of profession started a mine started a little bit backwards, I think for me, I really like, I noticed it most in benefits plan design because you have the opportunity to really move the needle from the organization standpoint. Most of my career has been in a self funded plan model. And so, really building a competitive, cost effective, easy to understand, well utilized plan um, is that's always evolving and changing just because, you know, there might be the um, recent changes with. COVID and people being on COBRA and the um, extended period for now the COBRA changes and Obamacare, it's just, it's always evolving and changing. And so really developing a plan, it impacts all your population potentially. You want to make sure it's um, ran well, um, cost-effective, it's competitive in the marketplace, but then also meets the needs of the business. So it's, it's kind of, a challenge from both sides of making sure that, you know, you're not you're not just serving one option for folks because not one one size doesn't always fit all. So that's always been a challenge to me. And that kind of ties into, you know, a lot of times we have positions in organizations that they're maybe a little more entry level. And so we get this mindset that I'm going to go down the street for another two dollars an hour. For example, um, well, sometimes you're leaving more than just that hourly wage. And so getting all people in the organization to understand your total compensation package, Mm -hmm. and that includes the benefits, that includes the 401k, that includes your um, daily or weekly wages, and really get people to understand that sometimes just going down the street for a slight increase really isn't in the best interest because you took away from other things that organizations are doing, um, taking advantage of other benefits that organizations have. Yeah, totally agree. And I kind of, I had the heart palpitations in, in the, we had a conversation with our broker today about the ARPA, the, the COBRA piece that's coming out. And there was clarification about, um, Involuntary terminations, and you know, in my head, I was thinking, "Oh goodness, they, for sure, they mean just persons potentially laid off, or you know, something be, due to COVID." And it's like, nope, any involuntary is eligible for that for the new regulation. It's just like, oh my goodness, this is you know, it, it changes the needle of how you how it's perceived. So, anyway. I, um, I want to go back to whenever you were talking, because I just looked at something back at my note, and, and I forgot to ask it whenever you were telling about your history and um, that your interviewer, when you are at the bank, is the one who gave you interest. Did you ever go back to that person and say, hey, thanks? Yeah, because I got the job at that bank and she was in the HR department and also did some stuff in training. So when they hired me and I went back through corporate, um, I did take like one class to try it out in my second year. I told her I had changed my major. Um, oh, great. Back into HR or into oh, okay. HR. So. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love that. Um so you She, was, she was really kind of, she was, I'm sorry, Tara, she was really kind of surprised that just, she was like, well, you're going to be really surprised if an interview influenced you to change into HR. There's just so much more to that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. There's, for sure. There's so much. That was what our prior, prior conversation was about. Just that, you know, I mean, I, I just think that it's so interesting and I always refer to this, that I had, um, had a conversation with someone, and he said, We know this person. And he said, I, Whenever I was in college and I looked at people who their degrees were HR, I just thought, Oh, that's a non degree. This is the silliest thing. And he was a broker, an insurance broker. And he said, After seeing, going to conferences, and understanding, having conversations with persons, he said, Oh, I'm really sorry, I was wrong <laughs> it's like, yeah there's a there's a lot you can you can you know specialize in one thing, but there's a lot of stuff lot. that you're yeah that you you know get influenced by that you have influence over that you learn about it's just it's there's it can be in different different lanes for sure. And it's right. kind of interesting, too, because not only do we have our lanes in HR, but I think a lot of things of where an organization doesn't know where to put something into HR because we kind of have the reputation of solving issues and coming up with solution that we have this kind of unique situation over here. Mm-hmm. Well, HR can take care of that. Like, just put that over to HR. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I understand that. Um so you've volunteered. How long have you been a volunteer on OKHR State Council? Um, I think since 2007. Wow. You're a lifer. <laughs> I think my first year was actually 2006 for a 2007 conference. So, Okay. And you've already um, talked about this a little bit, but what do you think? you've taken away from the experience? I mean, you've, you've said you've, you've gotten things, you've taken, you've gotten more out of it, but what have you gotten out of that? You know, it's, in, it's funny because you, each time I'm involved with the state conference, I learn something new every time. Uh, there's always a new takeaway because things are changing and evolving from a technology standpoint or, oh, my goodness, we cannot move away from the conference booklets. People won't make it with their booklets. Now we're like, why is there not an app? Like, where's my app? (laughs) I don't want a booklet. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it just changes and evolves just as time naturally and and trends evolve. Um, But I think the thing that I probably was most nervous about losing by coming off as past director was just the network, meeting new people and being able to pick up the phone and say, "Hey, we want to do a dress for your day policy." And we just did a I just did an outreach this week where it's like we're thinking about implementing a dress a dress for your day type dress code versus the business casual and, you know, reaching out to six different HR professionals and all of them willingly and gladly sending back their policy and here's the feedback you know, that you can't replicate that. And you can't, you can't walk out your office to go get that. I'm sure you can, you know, talk to your colleagues, but you only know your inner circle. And by going to these chapter meetings and uh, volunteering and getting to know people personally and professionally gives that opportunity for those doors to open just to have that resources at your fingertips that if your boss says, what about this policy? You go, yeah, here a day later, I've got six different ones we could consider, you know, and yeah. make our own. Yeah. 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 I've I got a
1: question about the uh, the OKHR in Indian Country conference that uh, you helped get going. That was, that was an, that was an neat conference. It's a, it's an neat thing happening. <laughs> and you want a pinnacle for that, right? We did. Uh, yes. <laughs> so uh, why, why on earth tell me about that meeting where you guys just all of a sudden decided that we need to have another conference and the process for creating that, because that that's a unique and a pretty cool thing.
0: You know, we were really looking for um, chatting about, and um, Mike Shaw and I were chatting and uh, Lindsay Nichols chatting about what sets us apart being in the demographics that we're in. And, you know, we at the time had a workforce, uh, workforce readiness conference, legislative conference, if you will. And um, it wasn't well attended. We were putting a lot of time and energy into it. So we were really looking for something that, well, yes, that's important, but can we come up with an idea that's unique to Oklahoma? And can it be grown, not just in Oklahoma, but because the demographics of other states and just the different uh, needs of a sovereignty type environment, can we come up with something that's unique for them? Because in researching it, you know, at the time, Sherm didn't offer a lot of resources to people in um, practicing human resource resources and um, within the tribes. And so um, Mike Shaw is a brilliant at generating ideas. And so in just talking through <laughs> that, we came up with the idea of a conference um, and, Not only could it be done in Oklahoma, but the theory was to continue to grow it and evolve it just in other states that have a large population with American Indians. And so um, as we talked about that and continued to grow that idea and realizing, you know, how special that conference was just because of the uniqueness that there was no other state putting that on, it would be a great way to measure a pinnacle award. Um, And, you know, we had it two years and we measured all our growth and changes and different things that went along with that. And we ended up winning the pinnacle award on that. Um, I guess that was in 2018. And then the really amazing thing was in 2019, uh, Johnny C. Taylor from Sherm came to that conference as it continued to evolve and grow. So just to have his presence there, I think on that from that side of HR, to say that, you know what, they're aware they're not meeting their needs. And this state was forward thinking from an Oklahoma perspective, and to provide opportunities and resources for the tribes and their HR needs, I think says a lot about the brainpower and the creativity of OKHR and wanting to deliver just a best in class type product that we're not seeing off the shelf, we can't just go pick this up and deliver it. So it was a really amazing experience. And um, you know, the funniest part is, is they changed that year. They made their Pinnacle Awards um, a nominees aware that they had won because they had changed the overall um, process at, Sher- at Sherm VLS Leadership Summit or Business Summit. Um, and so when I got the email, I thought, Mike Shaw is playing a joke on me. Somehow he spoofed my email account. <laughs> so when I sent it to him, I was like, is this real? <laughs> That's amazing. So
1: unbelievable it could be a Mike Shaw joke.
0: uh, Yes. (laughs) See, you see, Rob. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Could be. (laughs) Is that still on the the plan for this year? Um, I think that they were about last I had heard they were evaluating to see if they could do that uh, in the fall, and if the if everything opened up, they were hoping to. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Have you attended that, Rob?
1: Yeah, I attended the the first one. It okay. Was, it was very good.
0: Okay. Yeah, obviously unique opportunity. So that I, that's the amazing part of, you know, being with be, getting to know you and getting to know Mike Shaw and getting to know Rob. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, think tank power and so creativity and that's yeah, Mike Shaw's idea generator for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and a storyteller
1: <laughs> it just leaves me
0: in awe like how did he do that we were just sitting there doing this and he came up with this extravaganza idea and it's happened multiple times in my, in my years of volunteering with Mike <laughs> yeah, yeah well what have we not asked you about that you want to tell us about um I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I think, you know, I would just say to um, not most recently, but recently I had been invited to a, um, you know, EP event, only to find out I was going to be the speaker to a bunch of EPs. So it's like, oh, okay, I shifted somewhere in time and <laughs> I didn't know that, but thank you for letting me know. Um, so I think this maybe a, a note to younger self was um, for me and the feedback that I gave to those EPs in the room is, you know, being open to those ideas and suggestions of. People that you don't know yet and listening, like you said, Terry, you gave your example of the reason why you were at a meeting is because Diana Wall and or Ricky invited you and Diana saw something in you. I had a similar experience as I was an intern and you know, someone saw something in me and invited me to a meeting and it, you know, started the snowball of this. I think Rob has a similar story. So if we think that can't happen to me, it's happened to all of us. And so just being open to those ideas and um, taking the advice from HR professionals of volunteering, going to a Toastmasters meeting. There's just so many, um, untapped, uh, waters that are out there that, <coughs> excuse me, really makes a difference in all that we do in our careers. And it's not just where we're getting our paychecks. It's so much more than that. Um, yeah. and that's just one, one single piece of it. And it's provided me so much opportunity. So, I think just really to, you know, be open minded and listen because I always wonder if I would have listened a little bit earlier, could I be that much further in my career because I would have gotten a, a better start coming out of the gate. I, I I it took me a little while to get to a meeting. So um Yeah, that's us getting in our own ways. Yep. There you go. go but but you made, it. made well, it. And you made it, not a but. It's and you made it. And I and made you it. showed up. <laughs> right. You showed up. So and that's like Rob was invited to be on the Sooner HR board, and mm-hmm. he was probably like, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> All right. Well, let's round this out with our kind of rapid-fire quick questions. Um, it's going to be pretty quick, so don't think too hard. But during COVID, what have you been surprised that you've learned about yourself? Um, I think Flexibility. Um, and just how flexible we need to be and nimble. And um, I thought we were busy before, but Teams meetings, Zoom meetings, has created to where it can be back to back to back all day uh-huh. long. And yeah. being more intentional at scheduling your time with your team and making sure you're getting all their needs met as well as well. And then making time for yourself from a, as a professional too. It's you've got to be yeah. intentional. At the time and continue to develop yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah, we my group was pretty lucky that we still got to be in person, but but there were people that you noticed that if they um, were lived alone, it just you know you had to be more intentional to have conversations with them because they were you know they they wished for conversation or wished yeah. for contact, and so it was you know just having to be intentional in a different way than you know just being in the office. All right, so what mantra do you use for yourself and that you like to share with others? Um, I'm I'm going to say, um, I don't know if it's necessarily a mantra, but I always think, well, don't say we can't do this. If you say you can't do this, finish with yet, because you can do this. And there's so many things that are passed down to me each day that my boss, and, and not just here, but in any organization, I think, I'm not sure how I'm going to get started on this, but coming back and being determined to find a way and make this successful and having a project that, or uh, outcome that's even more rewarding than we could have ever thought. Yeah. 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 I'm sure that you've looked back at some of your projects and thought, holy cow, we did that. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. And we need to celebrate that. We need to celebrate our, our wins, whether they're big or small. I just listened to something earlier and it said, celebrate the small wins because you never know when the next one's going to come. I mean, do it, do it, do it, do it. So my next question, and I, I very much adore Brene Brown, and I listen to a lot of her podcasts, but I love the question she asks at most the end of her um, questioning, and it is, what do most people get wrong about you? Well, I think two things. Uh, one, I think people kind of assume I'm older than what I am, um, my, my husband's cousin has said that I'm 47 for the last two years. I'm like, I'm not, I'm still not there yet, which, I mean, <laughs> it's coming, it's coming, don't get me wrong, but he's been saying that since I was in my 30s. And then the second thing is, I think, because I'm very goal driven, I'm very like, let's, where's the carrot, let's go get it. And when we get that, what are we going to go get next? Um, and I think I once was turned down for a job because the employer thought that um, I accomplished too much. And so I had never gotten curious. that. So they just assumed that I had, like I would ac- ac- acquire for a big team that goes with that, but um, that's not necessarily the case. I just like to develop a team and have, um, you know, uh, a really passionate team and find their passion to help drive it and execute on, on projects. I just am very goal and list oriented. Yeah. Well, it's evident in the things that you have done. So <laughs> yeah, you. get that. Uh, what recent TV show have you been obsessed with recently? Well, I have a bad habit because of probably my volunteer and work life that I don't watch shows until they tend to go off the air. And so the one that I've picked up most recently is Schitt's Creek. (laughs) So funny. And now I'm like saying all these lines and they're like, "Joy, that's from like two years ago. I'm like, but it's so, funny. <laughs> it, it, it's so funny. It's so funny. I'm glad that you've finally gotten on the train because it is quite funny, and I would tell anybody to watch it. I kept telling people here at work, oh, you should watch this, you should watch this, and they were like, I can't get into it. I go, it's a slow burn. You get through the first season, and it is hysterical. It's, it's hee-haw laughing. It's hysterical. It- it is. I think season three, something something changes, but here's what I did. I started with the, as they kind of sunset the show, and they did the playback of kind of the history and the characters. So I got to know them on that personal side. And I was really intrigued by the father-son kind of working relationship. So then when I watched it, I was like, well, I know it's going to get great because I've already kind of seen the ending. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, I love it. I think it's hilarious. So what, book or podcast has had a profound effect on you recently and how has it changed you or maybe I, not even recently I think I, I find myself I don't really listen to music much anymore I listen to podcasts quite a bit I'm like how did I ever listen to music before <laughs> I feel like I'm mature it's like you think of your parents it's like oh my gosh they listen to talk radio and that's the worst and that's all I do now <laughs> And that's kind of how it started. I started listening to talk radio, and then I was like, "Well, there's all these stations out there on apps I can be listening to." So, um, but I listen to it's called the Journal, a New York Times daily one that they have Monday through Saturday, and it can be a wide variety of topics. Um, it's interesting how a lot of them always play back into the into the world of business, and so there's some things I take away that hey, this is relevant for today that we'll be discussing at work within the next 48 hours. Maybe not that exact thing, but it kind of pertains to that topic, whether it be something with um, the COVID, COVID vaccines today, it was about the AstraZeneca and the Johnson and Johnson recall and what impact that has down the road and where does it put us back to. So it can be a variety of things. um, But I, it's, I look forward when I go to the gym at five forty-five 45 in, in the morning that I'm like playing that new podcast. So by the time I get home from the gym, I can start on my next murder mystery one on the way to work. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Oh my gosh. I know I've become obsessed and my son's like, seriously, I pick him up from whatever. Uh, poor kid. He he's listening to, to Brene Brown leadership stuff. <laughs> he's probably like, Oh my gosh, I'm done. I'm done. Um, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for doing this. We want to know how can people connect with you if they want to um, send you a message or, or connect with you on on any social links on LinkedIn or what's yeah, your what's your on, handle? Uh, 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 Joy Michelle Killingsworth, um, and then at Twitter uh, I think it's J Mick Pollock M mm-hmm. I T K. Okay. Uh, and love to well, connect and thank you guys. Thank you both for wow, this fun creative idea for OKHR. What a great way to connect other HR professionals and non HR professionals, maybe even assuming to go into HR or starting yeah. a second career. And thanks for right. thinking of me. Yeah. Well, you've been wonderful. Thank <laughs> you so much for your time. And hopefully see you next week at the OKHR State uh yes. state. Conference via Hoover is that right via Hoover. via Hoover, via Hoover. So. are you guys going to get down for a lunch I'm going to be there the whole time. oh, you are look at you, yeah yeah well i'm a track track guide, oh, okay, so yeah, so I'm going to be at the boathouse and so get to see Greg Hawks and so yeah I'm excited it's going to be fun I mean i don't know if I can handle all of his high energy I might. Because he is so high, I might go. (laughs) (laughs) You might be a. It might make us a little nervous since we've been away from people for so long. Like, oh my goodness, people still (laughs) jump on tables. I cannot believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Or he just might fire me up to get me, you know, more excited to go do something new. Either way, we'll see. I I keep thinking if Sherm Nationals really happens this fall in Vegas. It's like it, I know it's always large, but it might literally be like 60,000 people just because we're all itching to come out of the woodwork. Itching so. to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been wonderful. And thank you, Michelle. Yeah. So goodbye, Mr. Rob. <laughs> thank you, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Bye, Bye Tara. Bye, Rob.